Well, good morning. Really excited uh, to be here, especially at 9 o'clock. Uh, I'm not a morning person, so uh, that's, uh, that's not my, uh, my thing, but it, it really excited to be here. Craig and I are going to team teach this. We have been teaching separate classes, so we're going to figure out if we can, how we we'll lock <laughs> yes, how we, uh, how we, how we uh, do this. I'll kick it off. Uh, Craig may chime in, and then Craig will take the lead, and uh, I'll chime in. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, first of all, just really excited about West End. Uh, we were uh, involved from the beginning and, and the bringing the, the two campuses together and just excited about the opportunities here. Uh, we've kind of scratched the surface in terms of the potential of this location, and it is uh, really important to us in terms of uh, where we go from here. Uh, Craig and I both have been at Otter Creek for a long, long time. You've been how many years? Uh, I'm not sure I want to say. Um, <laughs> over 40. Over 40. As a student and everything. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's being much younger than Craig, <laughs> which is not really true. Uh, not true at all, but I, I think we've been here. This is my wife, Karen. Uh, we've been uh, at Otter Creek for 35 years, so we have uh, really uh, experienced the uh, Otter Creek culture and the opportunities and just kind of the uniqueness of, of Otter Creek for, uh, for a long time. And what we're talking about today is kind of shepherding the family, kind of church organization, how we do things. This is going to be more of a discussion than a presentation, but there's some things that we want to walk through with you, but we really invite your participation, your comments, and, and your feedback. I personally think the title of this series, and you may have talked about this in some of the other sessions, uh, is really important. It is the way. And I'll, I'll just share a little bit uh, personally on my journey is, uh, I grew up in a, in a old church west of here, community, grew up on a farm, uh, very uh, traditional. If, you, uh, if you've been involved in Churches of Christ, kind of our tribe for a long period of time, you know in the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was just a, little, a different culture than, than we experience today. But as, as I was growing up, the focus wasn't as much on the way as it was the church. And I want to kind of think through the implications of that uh, with you. This is it's called the way, you've, I think, seen this slide before, but first century Christians spoke of belonging to the way to communicate that they were on a transformational journey of discipleship that differed in appearance from what most Jewish people were understanding at the time. The countercultural movement following Jesus of Nazareth upended their way of life and lead into the opportunity to live as new creations experiencing abundant life. So 2,000 years have gone by and we still feel called to follow Jesus and walk in the way. Actually, the term the way is used in the New Testament uh, a lot more than Christian. I think the word Christian is three times. If, if uh, uh, I, I believe that is correct in the New Testament. The way many more times than that. If you look at Acts, it says Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. 
but some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them to the disciples with them and had a discussion saying that the election calls of tiredness. Acts 19, about that time, there was a great disturbance about the way. However, I admit that I, Acts 24, that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way, which they call the Sabbath. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. And this, uh, a source of this, this term was in John, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's a, it's a term that was used extensively during that period. And it's about being a follower of Jesus and mimicking in our lives his life. That is very different than thinking about what we, in, in the time that I grew up, being a member of the church. The church versus the way. Uh, those are two very different ways of thinking about life. And what we're trying to do at, at Otter Creek is become followers of Jesus. And our lives imitate his life. That is, again, I just cannot overemphasize how different that is as a starting point in a way of thinking about our lives and how we function versus the church, and a, a theology to some extent that was about getting church right versus our lives imitating Jesus. Two very different. But that does not mean we're on this journey alone. It is, uh, it is a, a journey that we do together. And as, a, as we go together, then we do come together as a church. And we have examples of how the church functioned. Although in the first century, it was very different than today. Generally, house churches, and there were shepherds and, and towns, and how they were selected, and how we functioned, how they organized, very different than, uh, than today. And what we're talking about today is how at Otter Creek, uh, we are trying to fulfill that. So in, in shepherding, being part of a community of believers is a critical part of discipleship so that we spur one another along the journey. A healthy community requires healthy leadership. So we want to talk about the leadership, what we do, how we're selected, we'll be going through another elder selection in the not uh, too distant future. Uh, and we want to talk about all the, the things related to that and again what we do and how we function as, as, as elders. The way, again, said it's very different than, than thinking about our lives being identified with the right church and doing church right, the church, the way, but still it's not a solo journey. Uh, we do it together, and we do it to encourage and support each other and to minister. I think your session, I believe your session last week was around ministry. You talked about different ministries. One of the one of the really things that really excited us about uh, having this campus as a part of, of Otter Creek is just at this location being a ministry center and, and the opportunities to minister out of this corner and being a light uh, that shines 24-7 on this corner has been what we've talked about from the very beginning and, and really excited about that. But 
we're going to talk a little bit now about how we function. I'm going to hand it to Craig and start go from here. And again, he and I both will we're going to chime in here. So Phil has given me new material. The, the stuff on the way is really good for Phil. I like that a lot. Um, let me just uh, just ask. So here we are. The, this the way a church requires leadership. It requires organization. And I would ask you to keep in mind that organization, church, is a human thing. And it has human beings involved in it. Even though it was established by Jesus, it still has uh, human things involved in it. Um, I, let, me, let me just ask this question to you because I think it's important. I'll go back to this in a minute. <clears throat> We're talking about shepherds and how shepherds lead and how shepherds step into your lives as members of the flock. So let me ask you, has a shepherd stepped into your life? Do you have an example where shepherds have stepped into your life at some point and provided something for you that you really needed at the time? Okay, well let me give you one. This is me. <clears throat> Here's the deal. And, and this really ties into what Phil was saying. I love it. Uh, for most of my life, I was an elder skeptic. Okay? Wasn't cynical necessarily. I was just kind of skeptical about what elders did, what they do. And um, I'm not going to go into the details of that, but I'm going to just remind what I said. Human organization made up of human beings who try to do their best, but sometimes don't, and sometimes make mistakes. And growing up at pretty much the same time, Phil, in a church that was all about the church and not necessarily the way, it just led me to uh, some personal things with my family that led to some skepticism about others. And I pretty much felt that way. And I, I should tell you, I was asked to be an elder several times and just really didn't do it. But several years ago, my wife um, was diagnosed with a pretty severe case of breast cancer. And, I mean, it was really bad. And the, uh, the elders at Otten Creek called us up and said, we want to pray over you and anoint you all with oil before you go through this journey that you're about to go through. And, you know, okay, I'm going to step back on that a little bit because I get, still get pretty emotional about that. And knowing how they stepped into our lives in a pastoral way rather than a bunch of men sitting around the table making decisions. And I really think that's what elders are all about, what shepherds are all about. So, let me read these scriptures to you, because I think these are really important scriptures. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Okay? 
the next one, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, or that would be of no benefit to you. These are, to me, these are really, really significant scriptures. They put a lot of responsibility on elders, shepherds, and they put a lot of responsibility, I think, on the flock also. Um, so how do we get elders, right? So the elders, as Phil um, pointed out, elders were appointed in different cities. How do we get, who, who appoints the elders today? Was that good? I was going to say, why not the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, well. Why not? The Holy Spirit should appoint the elders. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit should be involved in that process for sure. Absolutely. But so far we don't have the Holy Spirit. We don't have examples. I don't think, Bill, maybe you were touched somebody, the Holy Spirit came to you and said you're an elder. But we don't have that as a direct kind of thing. But I really hope and pray that the Holy Spirit is involved in that. That's great. You guys know the process at Otter Creek? It varies from church to church. Well, people in the congregation put up, uh, put up people who maybe they could qualify. Mm -hmm. People in the church put up, our, our congregation put up, people are qualified. I know the, the process has changed a bit, but uh, and generally the elders will decide how many we need, and then the uh, church will put up names, and those names will be um, uh, discussed among the elders, and the elders will put up the names of the names out of those, and Church that right? Yeah, I think so. If I could just comment a little bit, this was started back in the mid 90s, this approach, because most churches, I, I believe, and you can speak from your experience at, at other churches, um, the elder, the existing elders appoint the next elders, is the way I think most churches within, again, within our tribe have, have done that. But the, the approach, for one thing, it, it's the language of election gets used. And it was never meant to be a selection of elders by election. Uh, it, was, it was started at a time when the church was really uh, pretty small, about 300 people. Uh, it wasn't at its best position. And the elders were not, at that particular time, looked up to as, as maybe you would want elders to be looked up to. So the, this approach was taken, it, it was kind of a, an idea that if you say, I will follow the spiritual leadership of this person uh, before they become an elder and commit to doing that, uh, then there's a much better chance the church is going to function well. So it was simply a process of asking the members, who in this church would you submit to the spiritual leadership of? And they submitted names, and then from those names, those that there was a specific uh, kind of cutoff, arbitrary. And, and at that point, everybody knew everybody. It's 300 members, everybody knew everyone. The, the, the numbers came in, and then there were six or seven or eight that had received enough people saying, I would follow the spiritual leadership, and had, would agree to do it. And then those names were put before the, back before the, the church. And then the question again was saying, uh, 
uh, would you follow the spiritual leadership or submit to the spiritual leadership of this person? And in the original one, I forgot the exact percentage, it was like you had to hit a 95, I believe it's 95%, to be, uh, become an elder was the approach and the approach through which the Holy Spirit would speak in, in that environment. Uh, and there were two people in that first time through who didn't, uh, who were, did not make the 95% cutoff. Uh, that was kind of traumatic for the church. And then we've gone through as we've gotten larger and larger and larger, those, uh, those uh, numbers have changed. And it's a little bit of a challenging process because now we're two campuses and we don't know each other uh, as, as much as 300 people. But it was all about the church saying, the scripture, the, just uh, the last scripture, basically saying, I will submit to the spiritual leadership of, of this person. And then it becomes a different dynamic versus someone being appointed that's going to be able to church that the church may or may not support. That's kind of the kind of, that's kind of the rationale for the approach that's Craig outlined. And truthfully, historically our Greek has been probably much more, and I hate to use the word, but democratic in the way that it's selected and chosen elders. Often churches don't say they're just elders and just choose the elders. That's kind of an interesting process. Anyway, uh, so that, that's pretty much the, the, what we do. So what does a shepherd do? Uh, and this one is fascinating to me. The last two classes I've taught on this, I have had really interesting questions coming back to me about what a shepherd does. So what does a shepherd do? So there is a there is a lot of um, encouragement on the part of the shepherds to the church. That's one of the things. When you think of shepherd, what do you think of? Okay, so if you've not read this is this is a good book to read if you've not read it. If you're ever thinking about being an elder, okay? <clears throat> it's called They Smell Like Sheep. And it's by Lynn Anderson. Okay, and it's a great book because that metaphor of shepherd and sheep is really important. <coughs> sheep are smelly, dirty animals, even though they're kind of cute, right? But they're, they're, they're kind of smelly, dirty animals. And the, the idea is that if you're a shepherd, you get down with your sheep. You know, we have this, this vision of shepherds being kind, caring, taking care of their flocks, and they do that, but they also direct the flock. You know, they when, when a, 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 one of the sheep get hurt, they take care of the sheep. I mean, that's the that's the nitty gritty of being a shepherd. Now, a lot of us, including me, is one of the reasons I was an elder skeptic. Think of elders sitting around a table making decisions and. Um, now, we know that elders have to make decisions. We know they had to make uh, decisions at the beginning of the church, sat around somewhere making those decisions. But that's not the image we're given, uh, basically, biblically. Okay? Well, the image we're given is that shepherds provide pastoral care to the church. I'm not sure what. Uh, yes, yeah, so in James 5.14, 
Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and appoint, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Um, so, um, one of the things is that they get down and get dirty with their sheep. And that's a, that's a, I, some of the elders and, and the things they do just blow me away in the sense of the time they spend being with members of Otter Creek in, in times of need. Uh, if you don't know Don Cordell, let me just throw him out there as an example for you to, to get to know somebody who takes his shepherding duties so seriously. Uh, I just, uh, that's what he does every day, all day. Now he's retired, he does that. That's what he does every day, all day. He's with somebody in a church that our Otter Creek, Otter Creek family helping do things for them and with them, helping them navigate the journey that they're on shepherding them in a very real way. So, questions about it, comments about that. Can I ask you a question? Uh, how, do, how can we do this better at our group? Now this is a really important question because this is something that I think we're struggling with right now, is how do we be better shepherds at our group? I thought about this prior to now, so there's no agenda behind it. Sure, that's okay. You should just say it. <laughs> but back in the day, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, there were like elder meetings or business meetings that the congregation was invited to. I don't know how often you all do that. I don't recall. There may have been a lot of paying attention, but I think that maybe is a good way for the congregation to get to know you all and for people to maybe ask the questions that they wouldn't normally walk up to an elder and say, but maybe just to give them a forum to bring things up. Not a grievance fest or anything no, like no. that, but just a way of communicating. It's well, not email. I'm gonna, Bill, if you want to respond to it, but I want to say something um, about that, because as you, I hope you know that we are divided into flocks at Otter Creek, and each shepherd has a flock, um, and I honestly don't, I have a very small one right now because I just got off the, as the lead of the uh, uh, elders and uh, governance group and I hope that i figure out how to get that flock larger. Um, but each elder has a flock and takes care of that flock primarily, okay? I think in the, and when I've asked this question in the other two classes, Somebody, everybody has said, we don't really know who the elders are, which is really fascinating to me. And it's not a good, I mean, it's kind of an indictment on us as elders. We don't really know who the elders are. And it would be good if we had, you know, elders on stage more. It would be good if we had um, uh, meetings. Each elder would have a meeting with their flock. And maybe in those kinds of things, those kinds of, in those meetings, those questions would be asked answered, discussed about where we're headed. Truth of the matter is we have 1,600 members on the books. There are 1,800 actually on the roll. Um, how many actually would, uh, are actively members? But I believe that's the number. You I don't see us here, right? I mean, this is a great place where it's a small and a lot of interaction and conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real challenge. I mean, 
First of all, we don't know much about, I mean, how many of you have ever had, had sheep? Anybody? Uh, one? All right, there are two of us. You can tell us about being a shepherd today. Yeah. But raising, uh, at least for me, raising sheep wasn't like being a shepherd, because I wasn't out in the middle of the night protecting them from lions and all that. Well, I had three sheep at one, at one point. Uh, but it's, it is, uh, we, translating that model to and thinking about that in a, in a church environment. Um, but again, we're trying to figure it out because how we do church with 1,800 people. And on a typical Sunday, there are 11 or 1,200 between here and the two services in, in Brentwood. And, and that's not a shepherd was out with 1,800 sheep. Uh, so it's a, it, we have to figure out how to do that, and, and we are, we're real, I think, really struggling with knowing how to, a shepherd knew his sheep and, and knew their characteristics and what they needed, and uh, that's, that is so important, the shepherd, the flock model that Craig talked about is our effort to do that where it's a smaller group, but even that is, uh, is challenging. So we have work to do there to, to still improve that for sure. And your comment to the, of having, the, the challenges with 1,800 people, I remember just what you described, there would be, it's called a business meeting, uh, at least at the little church I grew up. And women weren't invited. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it's very different. We, we talk about uh, uh, women elders at, at, uh, before we're done, if you like, but uh, yeah, it's, that was doing that today is, is really uh, really challenging. Yeah, let me let me say this too. I, I think that it, it you probably don't see it or you don't feel it, but we certainly feel it in the eldership. What what has happened in the past three or four years cannot go unnoticed. Okay, the pandemic and Phil's heard me say this a million times. I blame the pandemic on everything. Okay? And everything bad goes back to the pandemic. And one of the one of there's some good things, but okay. Um, one of the things that we began began to realize is that the sense of community got lost. Uh, and you know when you're online and you've got uh, um, people tuning in and you're not in the building, the elders aren't meeting together. Uh, we're we're on Zoom, uh, and the 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 church has changed a lot. Because of that, the church changed during it. And at Otter Creek, we added this wonderful campus here during that pandemic, which is interesting that it all played out that way. But there's just been a, a sense of, of renewal, maybe, that, that we're kind of feeling at, at, the, at the eldership level, is how do we get back to community? And how do you make really important decisions uh, without that community? Yes, sir. Just one thought in my mind yes. is that perhaps a more sophisticated system of communicating, on uh, a more regular and more timely basis. Uh, just not sure I hear very regularly from my shepherd. And, yeah. and no. I wonder how many of us think, well, I'm not sure what last time was we heard from my shepherd. Uh, so, anyway, that's just a thought. No, I, that's good. I've heard that also. I mean, that, that's come up in the other classes also. So, I think we've got, like, Bill said we've got work to do. Yes. At least when I recall when I was assigned an elder to him, and I don't know what that's like. There's just names that I have, and then they're drawn out for whatever. 
things that y'all are describing, like, would you be willing to submit to the spiritual leadership of? There were already a few of those. But I didn't really have a say in who I was assigned to. Yeah, that's that's a great observation. The the uh, flock system that Craig described is really a safety net, but you can still whoever you have that relationship with keep that relationship and go to that person and and consider that person or, or two or three people people that you feel comfortable with in a shepherding role. The, the flock system doesn't mean you can only communicate or be in relationship, an elder relationship with that person. It's more of a safety net because as you can imagine, it's easy for people to fall through the crack as, as large as we are. So that, that is a great point. Uh, maybe in the future we can come up with a better system that not only is just, a, uh, the way it often happens is new members are uh, come into the church, then uh, elders are asked, do you know this person, have a relationship, would you like for them to be a part of your flock? That's the way it, it sometimes happens. Uh, and then there are uh, others where it, there may be a, just assignments. So your, your point is a really important point, but continue to go to those uh, elders that you feel comfortable with and have a relationship with. Yeah, I think, I think we're trying to rethink all of that and try to figure out a better way of doing things. I actually, several years ago, when I first started Elmer, I was given a flock, and somebody um, got um, put in another flock but wanted to be in my flock. And I had to work out a trade with another Elmer, <laughs> kind of like a baseball trade. You know? <laughs> so I don't know, you know, you just, but it's, a, it's an imperfect system that we're still trying to, to to uh, do better with it. And also, we've had a few elders that are, have kind of left over the past few years. Um, I think that gender diversity, gender inclusion, and leadership would be helpful. I'm sorry, I I think gender diversity and gender inclusion in the leadership would be helpful. You ask how it could be, the process could get through, and could be helpful. And uh, I'll say what I'll say, and Bill can say whatever he wants to say about that, but we are absolutely talking about that. It is something that uh, has been on our agenda for probably too long, but it's still there. And uh, as you recall, I think I got up about a month ago, a little, a little more maybe, and made a statement about it. Not a lot has happened uh, because of the holidays during that time uh, until maybe a couple of weeks ago. We're back in it pretty heavy, right? Yes, we're in, and uh, uh, I think Craig uh, read a statement here back uh, just a few weeks ago, I forgot exactly when that was, kind of an, an update. Uh, but we are very much in discussions around that and, and trying to uh, trying to come to a decision and, and I, I think that will be happening relatively soon. Um, by soon, meaning over the next few weeks, and we'll be updating the church uh, relatively soon in terms of where we are around the specific issue of women and, and leadership. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about it, in the organization as it gets larger, but, but you know, in the modern age, if I want to know who my leader is, I could go look it up on the website. I, I'm not aware, if there is something, I'm not aware of a list of elders and maybe a little bit of biographical information, just like what they've done, what they know, and that's, that's I wanted, I think that would be helpful. Uh, also, maybe <laughs> some way for them to contact us in group just say, hey, I'm your elder, 
I think we have heard that over just a second, sorry. I can't remember. Um, and you mentioned Zoom meetings. Maybe the elder could have or schedule a Zoom meeting with the people in his group just to say hey or have a periodic like office hours. Yeah, again, we're still trying to adjust to the new technology. Now, the, the elders are on the web page. That's right? right. But there isn't any biographical information about us as far as I know. That's a, that's a really good idea. Um, yeah. um, thank you for acknowledging the process with women and elders and giving us a time frame for that. I really appreciate that. Um, I was also curious what so the deacons look very different than the deacons that I grew up with in age diversity. And I really appreciate that, the way that the age range is so vast and who the deacons are. How has that been a natural thing for the eldership, that the age range is more condensed in, I guess, 40 plus? Or has that been, is that a determining factor? How has that looked? Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. I. Um, I don't think it is a criteria that we specifically look at, but we, it's more the people who are doing the work and recognizing them and inviting them to be on formal groups. We, as you may know, we have, if you've been here a little while, you've heard the term MCC, Ministry Coordinating Committee, and we have recently changed that structure where it's now just simply ministry committees. Uh, and what they, that is, is a group headed up by the paid minister who's on staff in a particular area, then leads a volunteer group of ministers who are our deacons and deaconesses. And it, it's people who are doing the work and they're recognized and, and put before the church with that title. Uh, and it's not, they happen to be this age group and we're specifically, it's the people who are doing the work in those areas. So the age span does uh, cover quite a, quite a broad age span. But it does include men and, and women. And, and that happened a number of years ago. Uh, we we uh, used the term ministry leader and then and they are the deacons and deaconesses and that continues just a little bit updated structure. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I'm one of the deacons here. Okay. Um, but I was just curious if, like, if when the election process happens for elders, if 20s and 30s were to be added or elected or nominated, however it works, if that, if they get the same level, level of consideration or is not maturity in faith but more years in faith something that Otter Creek is looking for. Yeah, I, that's that's a great question, and I, by definition, the term elder, uh, unfortunately for us, implies uh, uh, old. <laughs> so, uh, it it does imply. You know, I think the the one thing I've learned as I've gotten older, and I've really gotten a lot older lately, unfortunately, but the the older you get, the less you know. And it, there is something about having lived a long time. Uh, and, and, but the age, I mean, we go back to the New Testament, and I can't quote the exact numbers, but the, those were young men. They were, in, in that case, they were men, in most cases, at least. Uh, and they were pretty young by our standards today. Uh, 
because we just live longer and all that. But I, I do think age, and when you get to the eldering uh, role, uh, is a factor. But it, it would be considered along with other other factors. There's something about life experiences that help. And I will tell you, um, 20, even 20, 30 years ago for sure, 20 years ago for sure, I would not in a, I would not have been in a good place to be in, in terms of what I have learned since then. And there's just something about that, that those their life experiences help you um, to help others a lot of no, and this real quick. One of the things that I learned when, when my wife was going through breast cancer issue was um, what to say and not say to somebody. Okay, and a, a good friend of mine. I mean, people say things that you really shouldn't be saying that. You know, that just didn't do me any good at all. It just did me wrong. Absolutely. But one of the things I've learned is that one of my good friends over at Lipscomb, all he did was come over and he just did this put his hand on my back and patted me and didn't say a word. Didn't need to. One of the best things. There's all the you know. Uh, it's just it's just what happened. Yes. I think you had a question. Yeah, as well. yeah I was gonna say. Um, well so y'all mentioned that there's like a it's like we put forth names, the elders pair the names down and then there's a certain level of like percentage approval y'all have to hit. What was it when you guys were made elders? Out of curiosity. Oh, I don't know. That was I was one of the last ones in. <laughs> I, I've gone through the process twice, yeah. and over time we have lowered it just right. because, I mean, it's, people don't know each other, sure. and that's a that's a challenge. I don't remember exactly, but it's more like in the 65 yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Something sure. more in that range but than that 85. And then that, that was changed to where those were not, not counted at. Well, I guess what I was just going to say is like, because I think, you know, I've come into this church in the past like two, three, four, five-ish years and just seen like a list of elders on the webpage. And I'm sure that like when y'all were made elders, right, like 65% of people here were like, it is a good idea to have these people in a role of leadership and shepherding. But walking in and just seeing the webpage, I'm like, I don't know what that is. You know, and yeah. especially over here at the West End community, when so many of the elders, it seems to me, are mostly kind of staying at Brentwood, it's a bit difficult to figure that out. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that would look like, but I think it would be really cool to have some people, even who maybe some of the people who maybe nominated you guys or other elders, stand up and be like, "This is why these people are elders. This is why we nominated them in the first place, and this yeah. is why they're." they're I, so I agree with that 100. Yeah. I think that's one of the issues that we're seeing as we're having these. Classes right. that we need to do more teaching on being elders and what an elder does and, and who, the, who we are. You know, so I agree. Well, just one point. The next time we go, a change we have made is there is not an arbitrary, yeah. it's not a set percentage. It'll be important. It really tells us a lot if a lot of people are recommending a particular person that they would submit to their spiritual leadership. But it's not a, if you've got 34 and the number's 35, sure. you're out. We're, we're not doing that. Okay, I'm going to move us along real quickly. We're running out of time, uh, but these have been great. This is really one of the reasons we're doing this. Shepherds help keep the church together through teaching and casting vision. As you know, we've, uh, we had um, Vision 2029. That was really a group of uh, people in the congregation that came up through the eldership and the elders of the ones that out there. 
One of the things, uh, and I'll mention this briefly, one of the things I think that we, again, coming out of the COVID pandemic, we, we really realize is that part of our responsibility is keeping the church together and, and community and how we build that community and unity within the church, which is important. You know, and, and this is just one aspect of what a, a shepherd does, but if part of this flock starts going off, go get them and try to bring them back in. And I think that's important. That's done through a number of ways, but it's the vision of who we are as a church and where we're going and, and so on. Um, the elders who directed by the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work preaching and teaching, preaching and teaching. One of the things that I think we hear feedback on is when we do this every year, we teach. The elders come out and teach every year. Uh, we've done that for what they'll for five, several years. Yeah, several years now. And that is amazing because we hear from you what you the things you guys have just been saying. But it's teaching and preaching. And one of the things that I, I whatever decision is made on this women's elders thing, this important discussion we have, there will be teaching around preaching and teaching around the decision. So in fact, that will be a year-long process, yep. not, not every week, but uh, there'll be teaching around the, the reason we made the decision that we made, whatever that is, uh, will be a, will be a year-long process. Uh, and and I, let me just say this about that, it's because um, while you may experience one view of this within people you hang with, Others have a view of this within the people they hang with. And this really, the issue really boils, boils down to how we understand scripture and how we understand the interpretation of scripture. So, just whatever decisions made. Yeah, can I just say, yeah. your comment reminded me of one other thing I think is really important as we select elders, you think about elders. Don't make the analogy with Congress. In, in Congress or in other groups, there are people selected to represent particular groups. That is not what this new church and being an elder is about. Not selecting a person to represent this person or this group or this point of view. When we are shepherds and we're, we're in the elder role, we're shepherds and elders of the whole body. And the, the magic of Otter Creek, just the absolute magic of Otter Creek, Magic is not the right word, but the special thing about Otter Creek over the years has been the unity and diversity. We've been able to disagree with each other, to fight with each other, to just, and then we're together. We're, that's, that's who we are. And, and we want to keep that. That is, and if you get into a select this elder to represent this particular group, that's one of the reasons we have to go as a large body now to think about be sure we're, we're taking an approach that that, that doesn't happen. I just wanted to, I think that's so important. Yes? Old, old white men, yes. <laughs> but I think the important thing to consider, one, I mean, obviously, like, 
especially with like economic things, it would be really helpful to have um, like various level of like socioeconomic status, just because there's some people like that are um, you know they are really having to check those things to make sure that they'll be okay. And um, if you're not in that situation, you it's hard to um, lead people or guide people in that way. And, Thank you for that. Uh, now, what does Shepherd do? Shepherds oversee the affairs of the church. Uh, we do <coughs> sit around the table sometimes and make decisions far more than I want to, but we do. Uh, and uh, so, but we, we do push. Our Creek is very, again, I hate to use the word democratic in that, but we do push it around. And we have. Um, uh, Defense Deaconesses ministry teams that do a lot of the work. Uh, in fact, most of the financial decisions are made by our, what are we calling it now, the financial, financial team. We just had a change in all that. But the old MCC used to make most of the, the financial decisions in the church, leaving the shepherds to do some of the other things. Doing Years ago, had. we made very specific decision to, to do that, to allow the elders to be the spiritual leaders, not the day-to-day the -day types of decisions. One of the big decisions recently was the decision to, to take on this campus. That was a huge decision over a, a period of time and a, a major commitment. And so that's an example of one of the, the decisions that we made. Yes, Kate. Um, in the in watching the slide, a lot of the things that it says, what does a shepherd do in our context, our staff does. Teaching, casting vision, that's a lot of Josh, um, overseeing, a lot of it's our staff. So I'm just thinking as I'm listening down, we do the teaching on gender and eldership, which may be what it'll be focused on. Just also teaching on what elders do at the age of elders. How does that, why do we have older elders? Understanding why we do what we do, what the, what the role yeah, again, it goes back to what I said. I think we have missed that, and the business is just doing that. And I think that you know, we're, we talk about making these decisions about, first of all, who our elders are going to be, and the second, are we going to have women elders, and what, what, what do elders do? I mean, that's really important. And, and I'm going to say this, um, and we've got to move on here, but i got to say that I, we have, those of you that uh, are, are thinking a lot about the women elders, we have women in our church that are great pastors or shepherds already and do a great job. That's not saying one way or another. I'm just saying that I want, I hope our whole church thinks about eldering and shepherding. That's, that's really, really what is important here. And that, that just, it's just, it's different than what I grew up understanding what an elder was and what maybe an elder shepherd. And, and for all of us, yeah. we're in this. We knew what it was when we were younger, yeah. but what it would look like now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's one of the that's one of the things we have to do. Yeah, I would I would just I want to go back to the the diversity comment. Just that we are really aware of that, and it's not just gender; it is also uh, racial diversity. And we we just recently had a listening session 
with 21, 23 or 4 women, three different groups that was just so helpful to us. And we've had a similar type session with uh, several African American members and specifically thinking about we want to be more racially diverse in the, in the leadership. And that hasn't happened yet, but that we're also very sensitive and, and want that to happen. But it wasn't that effort. We tried, and, and it just didn't happen at that particular time, but it, it will, and, and we're, we, uh, we know that's important. Okay, we're going to need to wrap up here. Um, so I think we've kind of already answered this one, and, and I don't want to shut off the conversation. If you have more you want to say to Phil or me, we're, we're here to, to listen to you. Um, Phil, any last words? It is four minutes to a worship yeah, time. So <laughs> Let me say a quick prayer. I would appreciate the discussion. The discussion was great. You were a little slow. It <laughs> Father, we thank you um, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word, to think about things that are so important to this church. I pray, Father, that you will continue to bless our creek the way that you have over all these years, that you uh, help us to find a path to move forward that strengthens your kingdom. Um, Father, and we're so grateful for the gift of your son. Just thank you for it. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.